0: Section 64 of the Essays of Samuel Johnson This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Anders Lankford The Essays of Samuel Johnson, Section 64 Steady, Snug, Startle, Solid, and Misty saturday october thirteenth seventeen fifty nine i have passed the summer in one of these places to which a mineral spring gives the idle and luxurious an annual reason for resorting whenever they fancy themselves offended by the heat of london what is the true motive of this periodical assembly i have never yet been able to discover in the greater part of the visitants neither feel diseases nor fear them what pleasure can be expected more than the variety of the journey I know not, for the numbers are too great for privacy and too small for diversion? As each is known to be a spy upon the rest, they all live in continual restraint, and having but a narrow range for censure, they gratify its cravings by preying on one another. But every condition has some advantages in this confinement a smaller circle affords opportunities for more exact observation the glass that magnifies its object contracts the sight to a point and the mind must be fixed upon a single character to remark its minute peculiarities the quality or habit which passes unobserved in the tumult of successive multitudes becomes conspicuous when it is offered to the notice day after day and perhaps i have without any distinct notice seen thousands like my late companions for when the scene can be varied at pleasure a slight disgust turns us aside before a deep impression can be made upon the mind there was a select set supposed to be distinguished by superiority of intellects who always passed the evening together to be admitted to their conversation was the highest honour of the place many youths inspired to distinction by pretending to occasional invitations and the ladies were often wishing to be men that they might partake the pleasures of learned society i know not whether by merit or destiny i was soon after my arrival admitted to this envied party which i frequented till i had learned the art by which each endeavoured to support his character tom steady was a vehement asserter of uncontroverted truth and by keeping himself out of the reach of contradiction had acquired all the confidence which the consciousness of irresistible abilities could have given i was once mentioning a man of eminence and after having recounted his virtues endeavoured to represent him fully by mentioning his faults sir said mr steady that he has faults i can easily believe for who is without them no man, sir, is now alive among the innumerable multitudes that swarm upon the earth, however wise or however good, who has not in some degree his failings and his faults. If there be any man faultless, bring him forth into public view, show him openly, and let him be known. But I will venture to affirm, and, till the contrary be plainly show, shall always maintain that no such man is to be found. "'Tell not me, sir, of impeccability and perfection. "'Such talk is for those that are strangers in the world. "'I have seen several nations, and conversed with all ranks of people. "'I have known the great and the mean, the learned and the ignorant, "'the old and the young, the clerical and the lay. "'But I have never found a man without a fault, "'and I suppose shall die in the opinion that to be human is to be frail. "'To all this nothing could be opposed.' I listened with a hanging head. Mr. Steady looked round on the hearers with triumph, and saw every eye congratulating his victory. He departed, and spent the next morning in following those who retired from the company, and telling them with injunctions of secrecy how poor sprightly began to take liberties with men wiser than himself, but that he suppressed him by a decisive argument which put him totally to silence. Dick Snug is a man of sly remark and pithy sensuousness he never emerges himself in the stream of conversation but lies to catch his companions in the eddy he is often very successful in breaking narratives and confounding eloquence a gentleman giving the history of one of his acquaintances made mention of a lady that had many lovers then said dick she was either handsome or rich this observation being well received dick watched the progress of the tale and hearing of a man lost in a shipwreck remarked that no man was ever drowned upon dry land will startle is a man of exquisite sensibility whose delicacy of frame and quickness of discernment subject him to impressions from the slightest causes and who therefore passes his life between rapture and horror in quiverings of delight or convulsions of disgust his emotions are too violent for many words his thoughts are always discovered by exclamations vile odious horrid detestable and sweet charming delightful astonishing compose almost his whole vocabulary which he utters with various contortions and gesticulations not easily related or described jack solid is a man of much reading who utters nothing but quotations but having been i suppose too confident of his memory he has for some time neglected his books and his stock grows every day more scanty mr solid has found an opportunity every night to repeat from hudibras doubtless the pleasure is as great of being cheated as to cheat and from waller poets lose half the praise they would have got were it but known that they discreetly blot dick misty is a man of deep research and forcible penetration others are content with superficial appearances but dick holds that there is no effect without a cause and values himself upon his power of explaining the difficult and displaying the abstruse upon a dispute among us which of two young strangers was more beautiful you says mr misty turning to me like amaranthia better than Chloris. i do not wonder at the preference for the cause is evident there is in man a perception of harmony and a sensibility of perfection which touches the finer fibres of the mental texture and before reason can descend from her throne to pass her sentence upon the things compared drives us toward the object proportioned to our faculties by an impulse gentle yet irresistible for the harmonic system of the universe and the reciprocal magnetism of similar natures are always operating towards conformity and union. Nor can the powers of the soul cease from agitation, till they find something on which they can repose. To this nothing was opposed, and Amaranthia was acknowledged to excel Chloris. Of the rest you may expect an account from, sir, yours, Robin Sprightly. End of section 64 Recording by Anders Lankford.